Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 71, week 71, volume 71, number fucking 71. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's Mosh guest is Jay from English hardcore band Guilt Trip and that will be coming up later in the show. Not a lot I wanted to start off with this week, but I wanted to give a big shout out to anyone and everyone in Finland, Russia and Czech Republic that are absolutely loving the podcast. You guys have been smashing us in the charts over there. Thank you so much, guys. We have been smashing it in the top 10 five weeks in a row. Absolutely amazing. Thank you to everyone that's listening to it, sharing it getting into it, vibing it, loving what we do. Mass shout out, much love, much respect, much appreciated to everyone in Finland, Czech Republic and Russia for enjoying the Mosh Zone. We see you, we love you, we appreciate you. Normally at this time of the show, I also include a bit of, you know, housekeeping, that kind of stuff. So guys, everywhere else, if you're listening to the show and you like it, tell someone about it. If you like the episode, share it. Get the content around to more listeners because with your help, this show grows. Also, if you want to be part of the Mosh Zone community, that is found on our Mosh Zone Facebook page. Don't forget to also give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Also, you can give us a rating and a review and a recommendation on Facebook. Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe. However you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're following it and subscribing. And lastly, if you're on Spotify, we also have some playlists there. They are the Mosh Zone Guest List, the Mosh Zone Cranked, and we're currently working on a new one called the Mosh Zone Workout. Get into it, guys. Help us grow this show. And of course, don't forget to send us some feedback any feedback we welcome, whether it's positive or negative, you can get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and all of those are at The Mosh Zone. So enough of that. Let's get into the part of the show that we're all tuned in for, and this week's Mosh guest is Jay from Guilt Trip. What a fucking dude. What a fucking legend. Jay, thank you so much. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Really, really thankful that you're able to take some time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Great chat. Very exciting and insightful chat. Find out more about Jay, but also the band. And this chat is one of those reasons why I wanted to do this Mosh Zone podcast. You get to find out some things that not a lot of people would know. And it's a really exciting chat. That chat with Jay is coming up now. So I always start off with, uh, do you remember an artist you were into that wasn't heavy but got you into music? Yeah, the first memory I have of music at all was uh, Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. I was about six. Uh, my older brother was into like all that kind of stuff. And I think I think he got it on like the day it came out, like the, the obviously a physical copy on CD. Mm. And that, that was just the, the first memory of music I have. I think it was Crawling was the, the first song that I, I feel like I, I... Obviously, I heard things before that, but that's that's what my memory gives so, me. So were you a bit of a new metal kid or a bit of a emo kid? Because yeah. anyone, yeah. anyone that's honest about Linkin Park, it was new metal, but it was also pretty emo. I mean, I was a fan of it too, but it was pretty yeah. emo stuff. 
Yeah, well, he, he was, like, all all about that, like, Rage Against the Machine and um, Limp Bizkit, too. So I think it was more, like, the, the sort of rap style of it because he was into, he was into um, like, all the rap, big rappers at the time. Like, I think it was just, I mean, Tupac was a bit earlier on, but all that kind of stuff was his thing. So I think that's what appealed to him most. So you, you're a Manchester boy, too, is that right, from birth? Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like for you growing up in Manchester with music? Was was it kind of diverse? Were a lot of kids into, you know, the pop music and rap? Were there were there many alternative hardcore metal kids around? No. I'd, I didn't get into hardcore until I was maybe 17, 18. Oh. I'd, I'd literally never heard. I think Madball was the first hardcore I ever heard, and that, was, that wasn't – it doesn't feel like that long ago at all. Jeez. So, so – so it's kind of Manchester. Obviously, is is that kind of music a bit of an outsider thing? Is it then? Uh, no, it's it, it's it's actually really diverse. But because I'm from Oldham, so it's about twenty minutes out of Manchester. Mm. But all my friends at the time were like, it was just what was in the charts. You know what I mean? I had no like no friends that were a bit a bit of this, a bit of that. It was just what was easy to to get your ears on, really. So Linkin Park's kind of the band that kind of got you on your way. And you mentioned there, 17, you get into hardcore. So what are you listening in between there? Just whatever's going around? Um, well, I, from maybe like six to, till I started secondary school, it was all like, it was Linkin Park, Link Biscuit. Um, I think Slipknot was a bit too heavy for me at the time. Um, and then when I got into secondary school, all my friends, again, was like, rap r&b so I, I just completely stopped listening to all that for maybe like three or four years and i, I remember it was like you know like akon and stuff, stuff like that <laughs> that was what that was what i was into for like a few years until eventually i was like i don't even i don't even like this stuff i don't know why i'm pretending and then i just it just took just took me back to hybrid theory again <laughs> go to album so what what made the what made the change to suddenly you know getting into the heavier stuff like Madball when you were sixteen seventeen was it what you were going through at the time was it just you needed something with a bit more aggression what brought you into hardcore? Um, it was probably because like I'd been through the phase of like the charts and stuff and I obviously I didn't like it so it, something about the the metallic sound that these bands have was just drawing me back every time. So I think I would, I just, I thought I'll give Slipknot a go because they were always too heavy for me in the past. And then from there, because there weren't many kids at my school who were like into heavy music. There was one or two. And um, I remember my, my mate Liam, a lot of my, like a lot of the bands I'm into now are credit to him because he was like one of the only guys in school that was into metal and um, he, he'd like give me loads of bands to to listen to, and that's that's really what kicked me off with it. What was what was your household like with music? I mean, was music played a lot? Was anyone playing an instrument in the house? Um, none of my family. Uh, my cousin's really good on with like music and stuff, but none none of the rest of us have any sort of clue. None of us could play a guitar to save our lives, but um, <laughs> well, I don't. It, it, like sorry guitar's a pretty hard instrument i mean anyone that plays it i give a lot of credit to but yeah my my mum list it was just like you know gabrielle oh yeah 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 so i can put my mum listening to 
And then my dad used to like sort of prog rock, indie rock, um, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, stuff like that. But that that was never my thing. I couldn't, I just couldn't get into all that, especially back then. So during high school, you know, the reality of a music career that you're kind of forging nowadays is you always need something to fall back on. Um, yeah. During high school, were you thinking about music as a path to go down or were you looking into other things as a career? Like, was there something else in your mind that, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Um, no, music was never like an option for me. I didn't feel because, I mean, I never thought I had like a good singing voice and I was just, whatever I picked up, whatever instrument I was absolutely useless with. So I, it was always like, I was re- I really liked music, but I could never see myself making something of it. Do you know what I mean? Because I just didn't think I had it. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, so it yeah. Was, it was all like, I mean, I, I was quite sporty as, as a kid. Um, I played football a lot. But again, I don't. I never thought I was good enough to to get there with that. So I, I mean, I don't know. I just tried knuckling down my work, but I found it hard to to find something that I was really passionate about. Because like I'd love to play football, but I don't know. There were just things always getting in the way. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it's I not. Just a- hate- it's not an easy Skill. sport. It's not an easy sport or any sport really to forge a career in. It, it really is one in a thousands that can kind of give it a crack. So, were you finishing up high school thinking, "All right, I'm just going to go get a standard nine to five kind of job"? Yeah, that was it. That was literally what I had in mind because um, I was going to go to sixth farm so I could get into uni, but I, ne- I, I never really wanted to go to uni. So I, I went to sixth farm for a, a couple of years. Um, then I just, I just, like you say, got a nine to five job because I'm just, I just, I don't like the academic side of, of life, man. I, I, I'm not like dumb or anything, but. No, you're like I me, just, man. I hate the books. I hate the, I hate it all as well, man. I think anyone that says that they enjoy it, I give them credit to them, but I don't understand how anyone could enjoy it. I was the same <laughs> at school, man. I hated the exams. I hated studying. I just didn't give two shits about it. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, man. I mean, if if I weren't doing it in the classroom, I wasn't gonna do it. Do you know what I mean? I had no motivation to revise or get my books out at home or do my homework. It was like once I'm out of the classroom, that that's it. So, you know, you finish school. Music's not, you know, as you're saying, instrument wise, you weren't really, you know, into giving any of those a go not that you didn't try obviously but you know it wasn't your thing and you were saying something there about you you didn't think your singing voice was any chops um had you been trying had you been trying to give it a go before um guilt trip kind of kicked off uh not really you i just i get about my house like singing when no one was in and you know like if i ever heard myself you don't hear your voice as it really is do you know what i mean Mm. and if i heard ever heard like my voice whether it was like an echo or something i'd be like oh my god that sounds disgusting <laughs> like i'm never doing that again so it, i mean i knew from there I'd, I'd never have like a good singing voice which is weird because my little brother's actually like insane at, at singing so I'd, i just must have missed out on that one so you know before guilt trip started you you're into the heavier side of things are you starting to get out to local shows was there a local kind of hardcore scene thriving at the time 
Um, yeah, I think so. I was, I mean, my first, I can't even remember when my first show was. It, what, it wasn't, like, I wasn't stupid young or anything. Um, but I remember going and, and being like, this is way too violent for me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a see, I can't, I can't get in that pit or nothing. But um, after you sort of shake off the nerves and it's like really enjoyable, do you know what I mean? Yeah, once you get in there and you you kind of get past the shock element of the first few shows, it it definitely feels, you know, something that you can't not enjoy. Like you get there and just yeah. the energy is just, you know, insane. It's addictive. Yeah, that's it. So Guild Trip starts up, am I right, in about 2014, 2015? Um, yeah, well, uh, the guy who plays guitar in our band, Jack, he was trying to start a band with... Um, the guy I mentioned before, Liam, because they were like the only two kids in the school that was into like metal or whatever. And um, it, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And um, he was like, we should start one. And I was like, what What the fuck? What am I going to do? And he was like, you should have to like scream or something. So then I, I remember like, this is so embarrassing, but I'd, I'd, um, I'd come home from work because I'd, I'd do like weird shifts. So I'd be home in the daytime while I'm, everyone was out of the house and I'd be like screaming to like terror and like a day to remember and stuff. Fuck yeah. Like trying to, just trying to learn how to do it. And I don't think I ever like learned how to do it as such, but I found like a technique that worked for me, if you know what I mean. And um, from there I was like, yeah, I I can do this. We should, we should like start making music or whatever. So you kind of, you, you learned through trial and error then. It was all about just figuring out what was comfortable for your vocals and what wasn't. You didn't, you didn't delve into YouTube or anything? Not not really. At first, it was just like, just like trying to growl, you know what I mean? I think that's how like pretty much everyone starts. And then I, I was just like decent at it to say like I'd only just started doing it. So, um, but in, in the end, after we'd done like a few shows, I was like, it started really hurting my throat. And I was like, I need to learn a technique that's going to properly work for me. So I... Um, you'd have probably heard of it, that Zena Screaming DVD. Yeah, Melissa Cross, yeah. Yeah, yeah I bought that and, and yeah, it just, it worked for me, I guess. Have you ever blown your voice? Have you ever, you know, done a few shows in a row and you haven't been able to speak or haven't been able to, you know, pull on a performance? Yeah, me, so many times. If it, on, on a tour, I'll, I'll be like, all right, the first maybe three shows and I'll be completely like just out of it for maybe till the last two days it could it sort of come back towards the end but um in tw- in 2017 i feel like i had like a really good run my voice sounded really good then we didn't play shows for a few months and um it, we came to writing a record and i was trying to record vocals and i i just could not do it anymore my voice was like refusing to do it and that that was like through the entire of 2018 my voice just wouldn't cooperate with me. Like we did a judiciary tour across Europe and I sounded like shit for the entire thing. Then we did a few dates with Not Loose in the UK, sounded like shit. And just now I've just started getting it back. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know like where I went wrong or whatever. I think it's a, it's kind of muscles, isn't it? I mean, your muscles must have just relaxed to the point where they were like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm going to recover. I think that was it because we spent like a few months off and that was the first time in quite a long time that 
we'd not been playing shows. So I think it was like, yeah, my voice must have just thought we're done doing that. Fuck. I mean, that's got to be... Are you someone that, you know, you, you said about when you heard your voice when you were first kind of singing around, are you someone that's really um, self-critical of yourself? So if you are on stage and your voice isn't quite hitting the pitches and the notes and the tones that you want, are you getting more in on yourself and frustrated with yourself or are you able to switch it off and just let it go? No, definitely. Like, because you can tell when you're hitting the good notes and when you're not and Whenever I'm not, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like everyone's noticing, especially the people that are in other bands. And I feel like just everyone's sort of like, oh, this guy this guy sucks, man. I don't know, it's it's, it's worrying, but I mean, I'm, get, I'm getting back to back to peak form, I, I think, I hope. Yeah, that, that self-critical thing is, is understandable, I think, and it makes you probably a better performer. It pushes yourself, but one of the things that you probably at the time you don't realize is those other bands probably don't give two shits how your voice sounds they're probably in their own they're probably in their own head about about to perform or about how they just performed so it's probably just flying over everyone's head and as long as the crowd's feeding off it i think you know that's all that really matters at the end of the day yeah that's true that's true but i, I bet not a lot of people even notice i think it's more like you know when you fuck up so you notice it a hundred times worse than everyone else as well. Are you someone that ever um, accidentally misses your words? You know, like the lyrics. Do you ever do you ever fuck up the lyrics on stage? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever done that. I'm I'm quite um, I'm quite good with remembering the songs. I mean, I never have to practice them. Like I'll hear them a few times, and I think it's just because like I wrote that. I I will never forget it. Do you know what I mean? So I fit that's that's not really a problem for me, I don't think. Well, that's pretty good. That's sweet. That that's a good thing to have. Um, you got yeah. you got the muscle memory of the lyrics going on there. Um, let's go back to when Guilt Trip kind of kicked off. Um, the demo came out that you guys did in 2015. Were you guys playing shows before you released the demo, or was did you do the demo and then that's what you passed around to get yourself some shows? Um, well, we first started, we were under a different name, which Ooh. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but um, we were playing, it was like a stupid name, and we were we were playing shows, and people, like, after the shows, people would be like, we're actually pretty good. So we we thought, if we're going to take it seriously, we can't go, go by that name, like, we need to, we need to change it. So, I mean, we came up with Guilt Trip together, and um, yeah, we were already playing shows, so... We just started playing more and more. Was was the decision only about the name? Were you was there other reasons and also the second part of that? Were you worried? You're obviously playing a few shows and people might be digging it and getting into it. Are you worried about suddenly changing everything up and kind of in a way starting new? Were you worried about losing all that momentum that you might have been building? Uh, yeah, we were because. I mean, it's not a big deal, obviously, but we were like, we've got so many likes on Facebook, so many streams. We're literally just starting again. Like, is it worth doing? And we come to the conclusion that definitely, because there's no like, there's no limit to how how far we could go if we if we get our heads down and proper try. Because I don't want to sound like big edit or anything, but we weren't really trying before that. And it was only when we started getting like good reactions that we thought like we could actually make some of it at least a band that can 
play other countries at some point. So we we just all agreed in the end it was definitely worth doing because I feel like I don't know, I think I think we were being paranoid about the name, but we all felt like it would hold us back at some point. So well, you, made, it, you made the right decision. Do it do yeah, it early rather than that. do it later. Like get it over and yeah. done with. We'd only we'd only been together like maybe not even a year. And we'd only played a handful of shows, so it it weren't like we were fully established band. Like I mean about ten people had heard of us by this point, so <laughs> it was definitely worth doing in my opinion. And I think Guilt Trip's a name that, that sticks as well. So I think we did alright with coming up with that. Yeah, it, it, it's not only is it stick, but it sticks to the style. It's one of those names that when you hear that, you kind of go, that's a hardcore band. It's really well, yeah. you've dropped into something really well with that name. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the demo comes out. Um, is that a way of kind of, because anyone that really understands when you're starting out in a band Sometimes people say, yes, we'll give you a show, but what do you sound like? And you need to give them something. You go, okay, this is what we sound like. Was that the whole basis behind the demo or was it just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it really because it was it was like, it was rushed and it wasn't recorded like professionally or anything. It was sort of like just scraped together because we were like, we need something to show people what what we're going to sound like. Because a lot of people won't book you if you if you have no material because you could you could sound like anything do you know what i mean mm. so we were just we need something whether it's one two maybe three songs just to show people what we're about and we can just build from there and how was the was the demo something that was only online or was it something that you you know were you handing out at shows uh, no it was just purely online just bandcamp i don't even think we were thinking about itunes or spotify or anything like that it's just Bandcamp was the only place you could find it, I think. And what was what was it like for you guys in the first year or so of the band? Were you only playing local shows or were you kind of getting around England and Scotland and stuff? Were you getting a few kind of shows around the place or was it just local? Um, we played a few, like, quite quite far. Well, it felt like quite far at the time. Um, but ma- mainly local shows, to be honest. We didn't we didn't start playing in Scotland or all the way in London till way later than that really. We might have played like the one or two small shows. And then you guys decide to release a debut album, Weight of Objection. Now <laughs> the the question I've got there is well, you laughed. Well um so you'll have to you'll have to go into a bit of that. Um but also why an album straight off? Why not an EP? Um, you know, why not another couple of tracks? Why the full length? And what made you giggle? That's that's something you're going to actually discuss. Because we have like, because we, we removed that from like everything once Unrelenting Force came out. We, we just have like sort of a personal joke that like that, the whole thing just completely sucked. <laughs> but I don't think it was that bad, but we released it and we were like, this is this is terrible. Like, what have we done? And um, uh, I don't know, man. It it. I think we were seeing a lot of bands doing EPs, and we thought, why don't we just do more than that? Why don't we do a full length? And um, maybe it will stand out with that. But I, I don't think that's the case, really. I think we were just we had a lot to learn because 
10 shitty tunes is going to do nothing for you, really. You want maybe three really good songs on an EP, and that's going to take you 10 times further. So it was it was just a learning curve, really. What did what What do you think you did wrong? You, you you know you're clearly not a fan of the songs. Ten shitty tracks. Um, what was wrong with it? Was it just you didn't refine them enough? Was it all rushed? Was it bad production? I think it was a bit of everything. Because um, we we I remember we booked the place we were going to like ten weeks before we were doing it, and we had nothing, so we were like, let's write one song a week. So by the end of like, because we'd only practice once a week on like a Saturday. So by the end of that Saturday, like practice session, whatever we had was what was going on the albums. You know what I mean? So it was definitely rushed. Um, I feel like when you write something in such a short period of time, everything sounds really similar. Mm. Like you're not. I don't know. I, don't, I felt like we didn't spread spread it out enough. Every song sort of just the same as the one before it. So I think spending more time doing it you sort of develop new sounds on each song if you if you get what i mean yeah i do but when you released it though did you think you know anyone that doesn't say they're in their own bubble when they release something musically is probably you know underselling it but when you got it done and you first put it out there were you thinking yeah this is yeah, this is rap. Yeah. yeah, we're digging this. And then how long yeah. did it take for hindsight to set in? Was it like a couple of weeks? Was it a year? Like, when did you suddenly yeah. go, actually, this sucks? Uh, I think, because at first, like you say, we were like, this is sick. Like, this is better than anything ever. And then I think it was a couple of months because we, we had a different drummer at this point. And we got um, we got Liam in, who was the guy from our school. And Because um, I don't know why we didn't get him in the first place, but... He's like, I mean, he, he knew what was good and what was shit, do you know what I mean? So I think he when once he come in, he was like, all oh, that sucks. <laughs> we, need, we, need to, we need to change it. So that I think at that point we realised, because it was only maybe two months after we released that that we brought him in. And he was like, yeah, you, you need to change a lot of things. So it, it, was, it was about that time. And then, you know, why was the... Why was the move to remove it completely off off online? Was was that something that you had to think about quite a bit? Because whether it sucked or not, in your guys' opinion, you'd still spend a lot of time and and money and got it out there, and then it's a big move to then just kind of say, let's make this not exist anymore. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think because one our band at that time one of us was had no involvement with it at all and the other three of us just really didn't like it so once unrelenting force came out it was i feel like it was so far above that we were just like let's just get rid of it like there's no point in it being there it's nowhere near as good and it's not i don't think it was an accurate representation of what our sound was really i think it was all a bit forced and we just we were just thankful to get it out and just knowing no one was listening to it anymore, I think. <laughs> the relief of no one's going to find this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in that period, you know, you get a new band member in, uh, Liam, you were saying, and, you know, did that album help you get any shows or was it just kind of 
bit stagnant at the time. You were just doing the same things. Nothing, nothing had really grown yet. Um, well, just before that, we um, I became friends with someone called Mog, who was she's quite like she's she's well known around like the UK scene or at the time, and she she like really helped us push that album. And then we got Liam in, wrote these new tunes, and she she sort of built up a lot of hype for Unrelenting Force before it was coming out. So we sort of a lot of people were ready for it to come and were waiting on it being good. Do you know what I mean? Just just from her spreading the word, really. That's vital. That that's something that's also vital is that kind of that helping hand. I think some bands get it, some bands don't, and when you get it, it's it's vital. Yeah, it was it was like a really big thing for us because I I don't think we'd have got to where we were that fast without her. She she like helped us so much with that. Now the turnaround between uh, the album and Unrelenting Force was pretty short. Like it didn't it wasn't that long. Um, was it? Now you got Liam in. It's like let's just let's start everything afresh. Let's knock out something that's really good. Yeah. Um... At the time, it, before we got Liam in, maybe like two weeks before, because he used to go to uni um, just around the corner from us, so we'd go up to his house and just like chill. And he, he was doing like music production, so we'd get there, Jack would be like, oh, get, let me get my guitar out and we'll write some songs. And we wrote, we wrote Disdain there in like 40 minutes at his house, and we were like... <sighs> We have like that. This is a tune. Like we've got to, we've got to put it out or whatever. And he was like, "Well, you're not doing it unless I'm in your band or whatever." So, because we were already, we were already thinking about replacing the drummer, just just because we felt like he didn't want to be there. It was just it just is what it is, really. And so we wrote that, and we were like, "Right, let's let's get the ball moving as soon as possible," because it sounded just so much better than the stuff we had out. We were just desperate to get it out. Do you know what I mean? It, and and I think when it came out, it, it felt really well received. I mean, obviously, a lot of the groundwork that you were saying earlier about pushing it probably helped, obviously. But it felt like as soon as it dropped, you guys started to really get noticed. Was that how it was within the camp? Were you really getting a feel of, okay, maybe we're onto something now? Yeah, definitely. Like before, we'd play like the odd show and um, people would say we were good and stuff. And we were appreciative of that, obviously. But when that when that came out, it was like everything was so much different. Like, because we, we were still at the point where we were like, can we play your show? Can we do it? We'll come here for free. We'll play this for free. And then when this came out, it was like we were getting asked for the shows. You know what I mean? And it was it was just so different. It was like... It was just a shock, complete shock, because people actually wanted us to play rather than us just trying to get on like an opening slot, just begging someone to put us on. It was, it was crazy. It was so weird to, to be in that situation at that time. Well, you guys started to. I, <clears throat> I remember seeing you guys starting to get on bigger local lineups. You were getting some support shows for big name or bigger name bands here and there, and suddenly Guilt Trip was becoming a name that was being thrown around in the UK scene. And the momentum for you guys through the end of 16, 17 and 18, or some of 18, 
seems like you guys just became a hard-working band. You guys would tour whenever you can. can. You're willing to work hard. Is that just an ethic and a motivation that you guys know is necessary, or is it something you aim to achieve all the time? Um, I, f- I think you, you have to work hard to to reap the benefits. Like you, you can't just play one show a year or whatever. You, you have to be willing to travel to certain places, rough it, whatever, do do the tours. I mean, tour, touring's like so sick, but you have to be willing to put everything on hold while you go and do that. And you, you're obviously supposed to enjoy it at the time. And it is, it's a position to, it's, it's a, I mean, being in that position is like crazy because not a lot of people get to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, so you, you have to put in the hard work. And it, to be honest, it's not really hard work. Like you're doing a hobby and getting paid to do it. So it's it's not even hard work. It's just that's what sh- should be expected of, of bands. I, I think. Yeah, I think I think the only thing is some bands nowadays forget that they need to sometimes put in the grit and the grind to achieve things. I think some bands expect it to be given to them on a platter. So when you see bands like yourselves who are willing to grind at it, it shows that you want it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like to us. We want to be in the van going to wherever, whether it's a 15-hour drive or whatever it is. Like, we're doing that so we can play a show. And we're in a position where we're lucky enough that it's not really going to cost us anything to do. So it's like we're able to do a hobby for for free without it costing us anything. Someone else is going to pay us to travel all this way to play to a lot of new people. It's It's... It's like mind blowing, really. Now, what's at this time when Unrelenting Force came out, and around then, the English hardcore scene was really in a revival period. It looked like there was a lot of bands coming out from England and Scotland. You know, the UK scene, in a way of saying it. Um, what what was do you think the thing that started this upturn in? more local bands really pushing it and becoming names. And also the other part of that was why do you think it went through such a low point? Because there was a low point when English bands weren't really being spread around or talked about. Yeah, I think what I always put it down to, I am pro- I could be like completely wrong, but at one point it was like beatdown was everything. And it was like... the. Every show was a beatdown show. Every new band was a beatdown band. And I think it got to the point where people were just, like, terrified to go to a show because of how violent it looked in videos and stuff. And I think I think a lot of people just got put off by it because beatdown is definitely an acquired taste. And some people probably just, like, I don't want to watch beatdown. And then other people were like, I don't want to get my face smashed in or whatever. <laughs> like, it wasn't that bad. But to someone looking, watching a video new to hardcore or beatdown or whatever seeing that you're like i don't want to be anywhere near that do you know what i mean <laughs> so I that's sort of where it started dying off a bit and then i feel like people just got a bit bored of hearing the same same thing over and over and maybe one hardcore band new hardcore band popped up and then people saw that and were like all right we've got to write hardcore again and every, everyone else was starting to drop beat down and start writing hardcore again. I feel like that's when it 
really came back. And England loved their beatdown. You guys were yeah. just, you were the beatdown country. It, it was like every time someone mentioned a beatdown band, they were like, oh, they're from England. It was like, fucking hell, what, what's going on in England? Why do they fucking love beatdown? What about beatdown? Was it just the violence? I think, I don't know. I, there were some sick beatdown bands, to be fair, but I think, I think, yeah, people just like going and fighting, I guess. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> with you. I think it's the, you, really. it's the same with your football. You all love going to the football for the yeah. violence after the game. Just after the game or whatever. There's nothing to do with the game itself, just who you get to scrap after it. <laughs> I think it's just a thing, really. Um, now, before we get into like what's going on now with like the new single and that, I want to just ask, you know, you're mentioning about how you can jump in the car or the van and you can get to... Within a decent amount of time, you can get wherever you want. You know, you can go to parts of Europe. You can jump up to Scotland and all that. Um, what's it like for you guys when you play a UK show compared to when you jump across the, the ocean and you get to, you know, somewhere in Europe? Is there a big difference between Europe shows and UK shows for you guys? Um, there was a point where it, it was because we... We've not not really been to Europe that many times, um, but at one point our UK shows were like popping off, and then we go to Europe, and three or four shows would be like crazy, and then another few would be like quiet, like like you'd expect for your first time there, and then you'd come back to like a crazy UK show. But now, like we just played that day of hardcore in in uh, France, and that was as crazy as any UK show we've played, and um, we're going to. Kralsheim to play with Judiciary on Saturday and that when we did that tour the first time around last year that was probably the craziest show we've ever played ever like it was it was, it was oversold and everyone was moshing it was unreal it was it was the best show we played on that tour for sure and um yeah I think there's there's not much difference now every time we seem to go over nowadays we get as good a reception as we do over here and what are the what are the turnouts like in the English scene? Are they are they pretty vibrant? Like it doesn't really matter what the lineup is, people turn out. Yeah, it seems to be like that. Like um, not long ago, uh, Broken Teeth played on like a Monday night in a, a pretty big venue in Manchester, and the, there were so many people there. It was like three three hundred people maybe, <sighs> and it was. Like that, I mean, that wouldn't have happened a few years ago on a Monday night, maybe on like a Saturday or a Sunday, but on a Monday night, like, I think it, especially in Manchester, the scene is getting like way bigger and like way busier as of late. Because there was a point where in Manchester there weren't that many shows going on. There was like two shows a year that were, that were really sick and then no one had ever played it. But now it's, it's picking up again, I feel like. It's pretty important that you guys are getting more shows there because I, I do know that the sometimes those areas like up there in Manchester and um, they're not getting a lot. I know places like Leeds and Huddersfield seem to get the occasional show as well, but it's good that shows are now able on a Monday because you, you get a turnout on a Monday, it tells the promoters and the venues that, look, there is a reason we can do this. We can do this more often. Yeah. I think Leeds have always been like sick for stuff like that, but there was a, there was definitely a point where we were like, we don't even want to play in Manchester because no one comes. But that might be just because people didn't like us or whatever. But 
now we've just played two back-to-back shows in Manchester and they were both like crazy busy. They probably they probably all knew you had 10 tracks that sucked. I mean, now they know you, <laughs> now they know you yeah. don't, so they're quite happy. Um, they're like, oh, there was 10 tracks that sucked. I can't find it online. <laughs> Uh, maybe they never existed. Um, let's let's talk a bit about what's going on now for the band. Um, so you mentioned way earlier that you know you kind of took 2018 in many ways off in a way. Um, you recently released Thin Ice, fucking banger, fucking track. And I also noticed that you guys have hooked up with BDHW Recordings. Um, yeah. First off, how did that link up come about? Did you approach them or did they approach you? Uh, again, that was that was all from our friend Mog. She she started that out. That that came the Easy Money tour in 2017. He'd already signed Easy Money, so we came to like a few shows, and she was like, she pro- at the time she was probably like begging him to sign us, and um, in the end he was like probably got a bit sick of her asking so he was like yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna have to ask him <laughs> so we, we signed we signed with them in mid 2017 and um we were supposed to have like two records out by now but we scrapped one and we started again so we're a bit behind schedule you scrapped one what happened there yeah well we again it was the end of 2017 i think Everyone was just sick of each other because we played that that entire year. We were playing every week. We played so many shows, and I think everyone just got sick of each other. Like I didn't want to do it anymore because everyone was miserable on the tour. No one wanted to speak to each other. It was like a bad vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like the shows mm. were sick, but then we get in the van and no one to talk for like a six-hour journey. Fuck. And it was every everyone was just like, yeah, do we even bother? And then. Because we'd signed with BDHW, we were like, we have to write something for him because we're signed to. So we we wrote, I think it was seven tracks. Well, Liam wrote seven tracks on his own with no help from us. And um, we just went and re- And that's when my voice was like completely fucked. So we, we wrote it, we recorded it. And... Um, we, at first, we were like, yeah, it sounds all right. And then the more we listened to it, we were like, we can release this. And I think Liam was, like, pretty upset because he put, he put so much effort into doing it. He was, like, he'd be trying to get us all together to write it. None of us would want to see each other. So we'd end up having, like, three individual sessions a week, one with Jack, one with Brad, one with me. Fuck. And it, it, was just like, it was just him grafting so hard for them. Us who did absolutely fuck all to just turn around and be like, we're not going to release it. And he spent hours and hours on it. And I think that's why that was part of the reason why he, he ended up leaving in the end, because I think he just felt sick of trying so hard to get us to do something that none of us wanted to do. And I, then it's got to take quite a bit of balls, though, to write everything, record it, and then say, no, we're not even going to put this out. Is part of it that maybe you guys are overthinking and a bit worried about, you know, past mistakes and past things that you have released? Are you now so worried that it's not going to live up to your expectations that you're second-guessing it and like, ah, oh, let's just not do it? Or was it just really not up to it? Um, I think a bit of both because 
we definitely are like well over critical of what we write like especially now like we've just finished like a 10 track album it sounds sick and then every now and again one of us will pop up usually me and be like is this even good <laughs> but it definitely <laughs> is and then but i think it was because it was definitely not as good as unrelenting force like there was no question about like, it was still good but we, we were like what's the point if we're going to release something not as good and we're like, oh, we're breaking up anyway, so we might as well just put whatever out. And I, I was like, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want to break up off the back of a record that one person tried on. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like it was really cheeky for us to turn around and be like, we're not doing it after all the work Liam put in on it. But it, we had to do it because we couldn't, we just couldn't put it out after after everything Unrelenting Force got us. We have, we had to follow it up with some as good if not better so it was just not an option in the end and obviously things were really you know you said you you basically were going to break up i mean with th- with things that bad within the camp yeah it, like we were all sort of we, was, we weren't not friends like we'd all speak individually and we were fine with each other but it was like when we got together all four of us just didn't want to be there like i was sick of everyone Liam was sick of everyone. Jack was like sulking all the time. Brad was just—I don't even know. Brad just—Brad just gets on with everything, I guess. But it was definitely when we were having our one-on-ones, it was like fine. And then when we all got together, it just felt weird. I don't—I don't know what it was. It was—it must have been someone didn't like someone else, and it was like the vibe was spreading at some point. I don't know who all like who wasn't getting on behind closed doors but I, I was fine with everyone but there was definitely there was definitely some something going on so then obviously things have changed a bit now so what was the turning point turning point um for everyone to suddenly kind of throw the shit away and say look let's give this a go if, if we're going to give this a go let's go if we're going to drop it let's just drop it what was the kind of turning point for you guys to re-motivate and re-engage with each other because to 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 get back together and be able to be in the same room as each other would have taken quite a bit yeah i think um because it was weird because me jack and brad were were ready to brad was the first one was like i don't want to do it anymore and then jack was like i don't and then i was like well because me and jack have been friends since we were like six years old so if jack isn't doing it i'm not doing it do you know what i mean mm. and uh, it was weird because when when we finished that record that we ended up scrapping, Liam was the only one that was like, I don't think we should break up. Like, what's the point? We, we can accomplish, like, a lot more. We can play so many more shows, and that's what he wanted to do at the time. And then we did the Judiciary Tour. We we said we were going to scrap it, the record, and we were... But on, on the actual tour, we were like... We actually enjoyed it, and we were like, should should we carry on? And then when we got back, Liam was like, nah, I'm I'm done now. So we're like, all right. And um, we already had um, four days with Not Loose coming up and there was no way we were going to drop that. So we were like, right, well, we have to play that. And Liam was like, yeah, I've already spoken to someone about filling in for you or whatever. So then we did that Not Loose tour and it was actually like really sick. We all enjoyed it. We all got on with each other. And um, because it was Tom, our drummer now, who filled in for us. And uh, I don't know, it's just a good vibe, I guess. And it just made us fall back in love with what we were doing. It's a bit weird. It 
sometimes those things are unexplainable, but it sounds like, you know, the fire was lit again. And a question I've got was how was the reaction from the label when they obviously knew you had an album written and recorded and then you've told them, actually, fuck it, we don't, we don't want to release this? <laughs> well, because we sent it to him and he listened to it and at the time it was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. And then it was one night on the actual tour that me and Jack spoke and we were like, we're going to have to tell him we don't want to do it. So we, we messaged, well, Jack messaged him and was like, we're not going to go ahead with him, with, with the, the record. Like, give us so much time and we'll come back with something like 10 times as good, like, I, I promise or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I, I thought it sucked. To be fair, I thought it was oh. shit. So we were like, oh. Oh, all right. So it, it, I think he took it well because I, I feel like he knew we could write something really good. And he, he said when I first heard that, like, I was really disappointed. So I'm glad you've decided to stick with it because I don't think timing's an issue with my... I think he just wants the right record to come out when it does rather than rush something. So he, he was actually really understanding about it. God, that's got to be a fucking relief. But also you probably wished he had actually said something earlier, like... Yeah, but I feel I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell someone what they've done is is bad. Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like he felt a bit sorry for us, and he, I don't know. Maybe in the coming weeks he might have brought it up, but maybe he was relieved that we he was relieved that we brought it up before he had to. <laughs> yeah, he probably was actually. Yeah. Um. So there's a bit of energy back in the band. There's a new drummer, and. You then obviously go back in, as you said, to record a new new album. Obviously, with the release of Thin Ice, you're happy with what you've written this time. Yeah, definitely. Like there's there's um there's a few songs on the record that I think are like way better than the others. I think they're all really good, but um, Thin Ice being one of them, like I think that's the best song like we've ever written. That's my favorite one we've ever written. That might be just because it's like the new one or whatever, but I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of a lot of the songs on it. I'm proud of them all, to be fair. I think if we took a little bit more time, we could have sort of maybe made a couple more t- tunes on it, but I think 10 tracks is long enough, and they are all really good. I'm just, like, well over critical, I guess. I think 10 tracks is a good number. I mean, you can sometimes maybe have too much, you know, so kind of like 10 tracks is all killer, no filler. I mean, if you don't want to throw in an extra couple of tracks and then not be as good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's the schedule like for this year then? Is it is it going to come out soon? Is there going to be an artwork reveal soon? Because when you guys drop Thin Ice, the only thing that was kind of said was, here's a new song, it's on BDHW. That's kind of all that was said so is there more progress behind the scenes is it kind of going to be revealed all soon yeah yeah it's 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 really close i don't know a date i know rough it's it's going to be in the next two or three months we've just got to finalize everything but it's it's ready it's there ready to go we've got the artwork i think we might release another song early with like a date for it to actually drop or we might just put put the day out with the artwork or whatever but every, everything's ready we're just waiting on because we want all the vinyl pressings everything to be ready for the release rather than have to do pre-orders i think 
and vinyls take like 12 weeks to do yeah so we want to show we've got them and then release it so it's it's so close oh that's what i like to fucking hear that's what i like to fucking hear new music yeah bring it buddy <laughs> bring it give it give it want more um how has the reaction been to the single yeah min like actually really good we I mean, we knew the song was good, but we we would. There's obviously always that bit of worry where you're like, "Oh, what if everyone fucking hates it or whatever?" <laughs> but I've 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 not seen any negative comments about it. Everyone seems to like it. I'm super proud of it. Everyone in the band's really proud of it. Um, yeah, all positive. Not one. I've not seen anyone say it's bad. So I mean, probably there'll be people in the group chats like, "Oh, fuck these guys! Did this tune's fucking shit or whatever?" But in in reality, I've not seen anything bad. I've seen one guy put on uh, the video that I, I, I like suck live or whatever. Oh. But it's whatever. There's <laughs> yeah, always there's always got to be one though. There's always got to be one. Yeah, yeah, true. It's probably just someone who doesn't like me, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh fuck this guy." Or he's just jealous, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, this will get him." I, I'm I'm just going to tell him he <laughs> no, sucks. Yeah, yeah fucking no, fucking. So this year, obviously, there'll be a release. What else is going on for you guys? Is it going to be um, pedal to the metal? Is it just going to be touring as much as you can? Are you going to try and get more Europe shows? Are you going to look to maybe jump across to America? Like, what, what's in the gears for this year? I know we're pretty much at the halfway point of the year, but what's the go for the next year-ish? Um, well, we've, we've had, like, a lot of one-off Europe shows booked for since the end of last year. So we're going to play all them out, get it out, um, and then just whatever happens, happens. We're, we're going to tour it, like, definitely, um, if people like it enough, obviously. But um, we're going to tour it, then we'll just see. And um, wherever anyone wants us to be, we'll, we'll probably be there. Fuck yeah. We'll get your ass to Australia. Uh, you got one yeah, here. I'd love to, man. Brad's in Australia at the moment, actually, so... Hey. Maybe it's maybe it's about to happen. Yeah, well, you know, you, Australia needs more hardcore tours. So I don't give a fuck. Just get get us over here. Right. Bring <laughs> bring bring Malevance with you. I, I need them boys down here too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and broken teeth. You three, get over here. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Broken teeth. Um, wanted to ask you. I oh, really first off just gotta say, really excited to see this album come out excited to see the next chapter for you guys and it's really good to hear that you guys kind of have the motivation back so that's fucking as a fan i gotta say that's good that's it's what we want um gonna kind of switch gears now and talk about some things with the industry and lyrics and things so one thing i'm gonna ask you is when it comes to writing lyrics you know you said how you're very self-critical when it comes to performances and the sound of your voice What's it like for you when it comes to writing lyrics? Is it something that you take a lot of time with? Is it something that you constantly uh, rewrite and correct along the way, or is it a very easy process for you? Uh, yeah, it's really, it's really not easy. Um, I, um, I'll just, I'll write and then I'll read it back and be like, like, what the fuck am I on about? This is bullshit. <laughs> Completely like cringe, whatever. But. Um, like I look back at Unrelenting Force and I listen to the words and I'm like, no, you didn't, you didn't, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but um, on this one, it was more like I just wanted everything to sound like aggressive. I didn't want any like 
didn't want it to sound like I was bitching or like sad about anything. I just wanted it to be like aggressive, whatever. Like I think there's a level of cringe you can go to as long as it's catchy. So mm. there's obviously a bit of cringe in there, but it's I feel like it's catchy and I, I'm happy with ninety percent of the of the lyrics on this one. Um, I'll probably look back and hate it in like a year or so, but at the moment I feel like this is definitely like the best sort of I've I've written, and I feel like I'm getting a lot better at writing. Um, but yeah, so because I did um, a- English A level, so I thought I'd be like killer at, at writing lyrics, but I'm it's like the hardest thing for me ever. But I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, it's not easy because part of the thing is. Once you say, yep, that's the song, that song is then on tape. It's, you know, it's done. You can't go back and re-edit it. it once it's recorded, it's recorded. Yeah, so it's got, it's, got to be, it's got to be right. You've got to be happy with it. Otherwise, you just you feel like an idiot. I'm sure no one listens and, like, reads into the lyrics and are like, oh, cringe, like, what, what? <laughs> but you, you, like, being overcritical, you definitely think people are, like, laughing about it or whatever. But it is what it is. You, you're never going to like something you've done way down the line. You're always going to look back and be like, oh, that, that wasn't as good as it is now. But it, it's all part of the, the learning curve, isn't it? Like, it's all a process. You get better and better the more you do it. So I'm at, at this moment, I'm happy with how I'm writing. And uh, I think I'll only get better. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Um, and Thin Ice is just a sign of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, and I'm. Uh, I mean, at first I was like, I mean, it's all aggressive and stuff, and I, it's like I'm not gonna do any of that in real life. Like I'm a pussy, but it sounds sick, so fuck it. It can go in there. Yeah, it sounds sick. Um, you mentioned a bit earlier about you know someone leaving a negative, you know, shit talk on, you know, <laughs> yeah. thing. One thing nowadays which bands have to navigate is social media. It's kind of, it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate evil that bands need to have. You know, you yeah. you have to stay on there. You have to give people content. You have to engage with your fans. And it's a big, powerful tool, but it can also be a negative side. Is Is being in a hardcore band from Manchester, do you have people that just belittle and have goes at you on social media or is, do you find that it's pretty simple for you guys to navigate uh, no it seems fine for us like we've had like one or two comments over the years from people we don't know like just saying oh like, i don't like this this is rubbish whatever but no one no one's gonna like everything do you know what i mean you're when you release music there's always going to be someone that just doesn't like it you can't please everyone so it's not something we're, we're really at. Like, we'll see it and screenshot it and send it in the group chat and be like, oh, fuck this guy, what the fuck? But then after about 10 minutes, we're like, oh, fuck it. Like, everyone has everyone has a taste. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It's whatever. But it, is, please but it is a bit weird that people take time out of their day and think that it is necessary to leave that comment. It's that kind of thing I was brought up with. If you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. But it seems... People seem to have forgotten that with social media now. Yeah, I've always thought that, like, especially with hardcore bands, like, I mean, some hardcore bands are really big or whatever, but the majority of them are, like, they're, like, a decent size. They'll pull, like, a fair amount of people, but they're not, they're not like, huge bands. Like, they're going to see what you're saying about them, and you, you're just going to either upset someone 
for like no reason other than the fact you're like a dick or you're just gonna look stupid. I feel like whenever I see someone say like this band's shit, I, I just think like you're a dick. Yeah. So I mean, I feel I think there's just no point, and I I think people just do it to seem edgy. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, I'm not afraid to say what I think. Like I'll say this band sucks. What like who cares, man? Don't listen to them. There's yeah. no need to 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 say it. Just don't listen to them. What? Why don't instead of writing a negative comment about a band you don't like, you write a positive one about a band you do like. Fuck yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Like, yes. Yeah. Well said. Like, hit the nail on the head, man. As well as people that are in their own bands that talk shit on other bands. Like, I mean, there's a level of banter certain bands have together because they know each other or whatever, but every now and again you'll see someone that's in their own band slating another band. And I think that's definitely something I've learned is when you're in your own band, you should know how it feels for someone to talk shit on the, the things you're doing. So you should know better than to be writing them things like it. I don't know. I think it's sad as fuck, but people are weird, aren't they? So Yeah, and I think, I think it's quite important kind of that there is a sense of community still. I mean, part of what drew me to hardcore so much was that you know, everyone, no matter uh, race, gender, background, whatever, they can come together and vibe on the same thing. You know, they can get along on the same thing. And having a community, if we start throwing shit at each other, it's going to separate us all. And then nobody wants to come in and enjoy this music because it's like, oh, look at look at what people say about each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, at the end of the day, the, the music isn't, like a huge thing there's a lot of people that like it but in the grand scheme of things it's like a small genre really in comparison to like pop music and chart music and stuff so i mean we're, there's not a lot of us but we all we all like the same thing so why not just keep it positive like i mean there's loads of bands that i don't like but i don't talk shit on them if we play with them i'll always watch them because certain bands might not sound good on record but to me but they'll be like so good live or whatever so i mean just there's there's it's not hard to just keep things like positive like you say and just get on with it really yeah you don't have to like everything but just be nice about it yeah exactly brother exactly um last couple of things talk about and then we'll get ready to wrap things up and one is you know you're a band that from the offset has really been in the streaming and downloading environment that's going on. Um, but you're also a hardcore band, so vinyl is something that's important that you know for fans. It's something that they dig. Um, yeah. Is it hard being in a band nowadays for you? Do you find that you kind of have to balance things? Because sometimes people don't want physical copies, but then if you don't do enough physical copies, people complain. Um, but it's also important that you have it online because... Not everyone uses iTunes. Some people only use Spotify. Is it a really um, hard and difficult time being in a band? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, we've never had CDs, and every time we play in Europe, everyone asks for a CD. But no one's like no one's like a dick about it. We're like, no, sorry, we don't have them. They'll be like, oh, bring them next time. So uh, it's definitely something we'll look into. We've got, we we did vinyl on the last record. And it sold it sold really well. We'll do it again on this one. 
Um, as soon as we release something, though, it goes on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. So I think I just think it's it's you've got to put it on there so people can get to it easy. Because that's that's the thing. If your music isn't easy to get to, then not not a lot of people are going to hear it. You've got to you've got to be on there ready for when people are willing to listen to you. And um, yeah, the physical copies are obviously important too because some people do like listening to it on the vinyl or the CD or cassette. We did cassettes on Weight of Objection, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stick with doing physicals and just keeping it online as much as we can. Is it also difficult nowadays, you know, especially for a band like yourselves who the last real release for you guys was 2016, is with streaming now so many people can find new bands really easily and sometimes by finding a new band you can forget about the other bands so is there any pressure to stay in people's ear holes you know to stay in their face and remind them that hey guilt trip's still a thing uh yeah i think so um we've been off the radar for like a year and a half though so it's definitely i think people definitely forgot about us for a bit and um I think it was a shock when we when we said like this we're releasing a new song on this day and um yeah I think people definitely forget when you when you're not doing much when you're like quiet or whatever people forget but uh, you you you're going to aren't you if something's not in your face all the time or at least regularly you, you you're going to forget about it it's an it's an unfortunate reality but but you guys are back on the scene and playing shows as well is something that always helps remind people as well. Even if they don't go to the show, they see the poster and they go, oh yeah, fuck yeah. And then they go back. Yeah. You can stay relevant without releasing music. Like you can release music once every three years, but if you're constantly touring and playing shows, you're always going to be relevant. Like not, not loose didn't release anything for what, like two years. Yeah. And they're like one of the most relevant like bands at the moment and, They've only just released something new, but they've been relevant that whole time just through working hard, touring everywhere constantly. So it's not always about the music that you release. It's about just staying staying on the radar by playing shows. Fuck yeah. And it is important to do. Um, now, the last question I've got is, you know, we talked about pit violence earlier, beat, <laughs> beat down. Um it's something that nowadays is heavily criticised um, by some factions. You know, they say shows have become too violent um, and that no one can just go to a show nowadays. If you go to a show, you've got to know that this is going to happen. Um, do you think it's really that much of an issue, uh, mosh pits, or do you think it's just part and parcel of going to a hardcore show? Is it sometimes the pit gets into a frenzy and if you don't want to be in the frenzy just step away from it yeah I, mean, I, I don't see a problem i think like obviously sometimes people get carried away but when there's so many people in a small room swinging their arms at each other some at some point someone's going to get upset but i don't think it's a problem i think a lot of the time there's never like something crazy that happens someone gets like it really badly hurt like it, it's happened once or twice, and I think I think it's just unfortunate, really. But yeah, I I think it's that's what it's about, and it? it's about the pit and the energy and enjoying the time you have there. Like, yeah, oh, you you might get bruised or you might punch someone by accident and have like a little 
scrap or whatever, but it's not a big deal at the end of the day. You just got to be a man about it. You shake hands, get over it, forget about it. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and exactly. If you don't want to be near it, there's plenty of other spots to stand where you won't be near it. So, yeah. Exactly. Like if you're if if you're gonna kick off because someone hits you by mistake, then you sh- you shouldn't be stood there. You should be somewhere where you can't get it because you're obviously. I don't know. You've obviously got a short tempered. You should be taking that into consideration. You don't want to go to a show and fucking ruin it for everyone because you. I don't know. You just can't get over the fact someone hit you with their arm at some point. You've just got to take that into consideration. And if you're going to kick off, then just stay as far away from it as you can. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. And and it's also, like you said, it's part and parcel of the show. It's what makes going to shows so much fun, and it is what makes playing a show so much fun for bands, is seeing that seeing that energy, seeing that vibrant crowd go off. I mean, if you're playing a show and the crowd's just standing there with their arms crossed, you, you don't want to see that. That's fucking, <laughs> exactly. That's shit. Right. Now... Yeah. I think, to be fair, I think you've got to give what you... what Like, get what you give. Like, if you're fucking swinging around crowd killing everyone someone's gonna someone's gonna put one on you at some point and you've you've got to accept that because you're gonna be pissing a lot of people off if you're doing that like to an extent so you've got to be, you've got to be prepared to take a dig if you're handing them out as well yeah fuck yeah yeah exactly man um now jay what we're going to do here is the final segment now this segment is called pick your poison now what what we're going to do here is everyone's going to get to know a little bit more about you and what really you like and what you don't like. So what I do here is I give you two options and you pick your favorite of the two. All right. Okay. Now some are going to be easy. Some are going to be hard. All right. Okay. Would you rather a pizza or a burger? Um, pizza. Okay. Uh, would you rather Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Uh, Indian all day. Indian is the best cuisine that the world has to offer, man, for sure. Would you rather a beer or a whiskey? We, I can't drink beer, whiskey, because if you know when you get so drunk off something, you can't drink it again. <laughs> so whiskey for sure. If I touch beer, I'll be sick everywhere. Uh, mayo or brown sauce? Oh, brown sauce, mayo. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a mayo guy. Uh, cooking at home or dining out? Dining out. I'm way too lazy to be cooking. <laughs> um, watch a movie at the cinema or watch the movie on your couch. Um, the cinema is like a good experience, but just being on your couch, chilling, that's nothing beats that. I don't think. Um, now this one. I ask this, and I know you live in England, so it's going to be an interesting response. Would you rather the beach or the snow? Oh, the beach. Fuck the <laughs> snow, man. I don't like snow. No, it's too cold. If, if I had a choice, I'd live somewhere hot and beachy for sure. Um, cat or dog? Oh, no. I've got to go with cat. I've had, I've had a cat for like eight years, so I've got to go cat. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation, definitely. Uh, Batman or Superman? Um, they both suck, to be honest. Uh, 
Batman. Batman just because that one film was sick. Dark Knight, whatever it was. Uh, Terminator or Predator? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Predator's definitely like the coolest villain, but Terminator 2, you can't beat Terminator 2. Nah, easily hand down one of the best movies. Um, Rambo or Rocky? Oh, um, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've never seen either, so <gasps> I'm going to go with Rocky. Okay, you need to do some education <laughs> on Rambo. Fuck Rocky. Just get into some Rambo, man. Fuck. You uh, need You need to just, yeah, yeah. I'll put it, I'll get it on the to-do list, man, for sure. Um, South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons, South Park's shit. Simpsons, best cartoon ever. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Oh, um, Slayer. Terra or Madball? Terra. Terra. I, I love Madball, but Terra, Goat, Goats. Yes. Um, sick of it all? Or agnostic front. Sick of it all. Uh, corn or limp biscuit. Ooh, that's the hardest one. No, it's not actually limp biscuit. Definitely limp biscuit. Corn are sick, but they have so many just songs that are like not like every album's got like twenty four songs on them or something. <laughs> yeah. like it's not limp biscuit. Definitely have more bangers. Okay, now. Would you rather support, yeah, this is a Manchester question. Um, would you rather support City or United? Um, currently, City, because United <laughs> is shit, but United are the biggest team in the world, if we're being honest. So, probably, I'd probably go United. Are you a, are you, you know, you said you grew up in Oldham. So, are you, are you an Oldham athletic fan or are you a City or United not, fan? Not, not at all, man. Um, my dad's from Wigan, so oui. I'm a Wigan. But like Wigan, obviously, are terrible. Mm-hmm. So if, if, when I'm watching the Prem, I, I back Chelsea more, more, more of the time. Because my dad went to uni around the corner from the stadium, so we used to go and watch them all the time. And back then, Wigan were like a, a Sunday league team. So yeah, I mean, he has an excuse to, <laughs> to support them. Um, okay, last few. Would you prefer stage dives or mic grabs? Um, I, I'm I've got like no energy whatsoever. Like a suit after one song, I'm I'm completely like dead out. So I usually rely on mic grabs to keep keep this the set lively. So I, I'm gonna have to go with mic grabs. Would you prefer to go to a show and watch it from the mosh pit? Or up the back near the sound desk. Um, I think that that depends who's playing, really. In, now, at the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you prefer to tour or record? Oh man, I I, I love touring, but I I love I, I, I tour. It's got to be. And the last one was. Would you prefer to own an album on CD, vinyl, or streamed? Um, I think streams just the easiest one, but to have a physical copy, even if you don't 
pull it out of the case or anything. It's you, you've just got it. So I'd I'd probably say vinyl. Yeah, hey, fuck yeah. Um, Jay, brother, that is us. We are done, man. Cool, nice one. That's sick. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. I was I was like so nervous to do it, but man, you you're like easy to talk to. I had a really good time. I really appreciate you having me on here. I really appreciate it that you know we got it done and that you um had the time for it um you didn't sound nervous at all man i'm glad i was able to make you feel comfortable <laughs> and the more we got going it was actually really interesting and it's always good to get insight from every different artist from different countries and different genres and for people to be able to hear that you know anyone that's into the band to hear that things nearly broke up is will be quite a shocking insight for them and then that will get them even more excited for what's to come yeah, I, I think so, man. And um, I just want to say, like, this that you do is, like, so sick. Like, I, w- I was listening to, like, the, the Frankie Palmieri episode and, and stuff, and I don't know, man, it just gives me something, something to do at work when I'm bored. So, I mean, if you ever want me back on air in a year or so, maybe maybe longer, I'm 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 down whenever, man. Oh, dude, I've always been down for a part two. Um, I'm always down for that, man. Even just get into some other ins and outs of the industry and – Thanks for even listening to an episode. It's 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 just thank you. I really appreciate it, brother. Me too, man. Yeah, stay in touch, and um, I'll definitely pick your brain for a part two probably in a couple of months. Yeah, nice one, man. I look forward to it. Take care. See you in a bit.
So that was my chat with Jay from Guilt Trip. And at the end there, you heard the band's track Thin Ice, which is their most recent single. And you also heard two songs from their EP Unrelenting Force. You heard the title track and you also heard Disdain. This is the time of the show where I say to you guys, 
If you enjoyed that chat, if you enjoyed the music, if you want to show some support for Jay and Guilt Trip, make sure you get online. Make sure you delve into their big cartel. Maybe look into eBay if you might be able to find a vinyl. Whatever you got to do, make sure you support one of the best, hottest, hardworking English hardcore bands. I also really recommend you get into these guys because they will blow up really soon. So get into them now so you can say you're a part of them when they were just starting. Thank you again, Jay. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. And look forward to doing a part two very, very soon. So that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 71 done dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So, If you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.